Hey there, Mr. Mirror Man, shaking and quaking, trembling like them afraid cats do. Something big be bothering you. Cold feet, cold feet, brother, you got cold feet. You can make them cold feet hot. Welcome to another episode of We Go Vox, Wildcat podcast for student voices. This week, we talked to one of our great actors, R.J. Bradley, about the upcoming spring musical, The Drowsy Chaperone. And we'll talk about the craft of acting and his experience in the We Go Drama program. Next, we'll talk to Bobby Bartlett class of 2019 baseball fanatic and someone who bleeds cub blue and he's going to talk about the cubs fast start to the season i might be cursing them just even saying that so here we go rj bradley Okay, we are here with R.J. Bradley. He's a graduating senior, the class of 2016, and he has been a mainstay in the drama program for about four years, and he's going to talk to us about the upcoming musical, The Drowsy Chaperone. R.J., uh, describe the, 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 the musical for us. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun, you know. Uh, it, it's really just a great way to end of the year right now. Um, it's about this guy, uh, my character, he's called the man in the chair, um, and he, he's recounting his kind of life, and he uh, takes up his record, his favorite musical, The Drowsy Chaperone, and the musical comes to life on stage, and it's just all in his mind, um, but then through that we kind of see glimpses of his own past, um, so it's a really just, it's a silly, fun, exciting night. Um, full of crazy dances and musical numbers that on their own don't make much sense, but together, when you see the whole picture, it's it's a lot of fun. I'm a huge fan of all things that you have done in this uh, program. I try to go to as many uh, of these that I can. I, I, you've been in musicals, you've been in dramas and comedies. Um, could you describe what's fun and challenging about each one of these forms of performance, you know, be it uh, like the difference between musicals to drama and then, of course, comedy. I've always heard that comedy is the toughest because you can't always, you know, evoke that type of laughter. So, yeah, well, how would you describe your experience, uh, like the the challenges and the rewards of uh, each one of those uh, forms of performance? I think uh, altogether, each one of them has their as a similar reward because it's it's putting together a performance and then at the end you're like oh it, it actually worked out um, I think comedies are definitely it's it's really hard it's really hard to be funny because um, drama you can just be you can be serious uh, and there there isn't that sort of the timing with it um, a comedy I always leave that rehearsal just drained and go home and um, just devour food because it, it's so exhausting. It's so high energy. Um, it's, it's a different type of energy than a drama. A drama is always just, it's the serious um, 
cutthroat kind of thing in energy or in, in comedy it's always running back and forth and trying to make an audience laugh um, in musicals are even more so especially with the drowsy chaperone um, I mean last year we had Evita and that's of course kind of a depressing show uh, but the drowsy chaperone is a comedy musical um, and my character is on stage all the time so it's really, really draining, but it's so rewarding to leave the stage and go off um, after rehearsal and be like, okay, we did it, <laughs> got through it. I would imagine, too, with comedy, <laughs> you are so aware of how the audience responds to you. So oh, in yeah. drama, yeah. you don't expect them to laugh. You just no. expect them to sit there and absorb yeah, your what you've emoted to them, as opposed to comedy, you ha are so in tune to how they reciprocate that emotion. So I, I would imagine that would definitely get into your, your mind as, as you're performing oh, yeah. as well. In, in a drama, you want people to think. Yeah. But in a comedy, you, you need people to think, but think smartly about it, mm -hmm. and you need to give them that time to think about it, but then you need to keep it moving with the energy for if they don't get it. So then you can just keep it moving, and yeah. hopefully they'll get the next thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that, it, there's it's, so many. It, yeah, it's, it's amazing the psychology that is re just really underpins everything that goes on in a performance and how mindful an actor and the director need to be to cultivate that response out of the uh, audience. Uh, and, and because I don't think people give actors enough credit on that psychological level of what needs to occur in order to really elicit and unlock uh, that response. Yeah, so, it's, yeah. It, it's always just a give and take, um, especially with comedies. We... We don't have an audience until opening night, so oh, we yeah. don't so you know, don't know if we're funny or not. <laughs> and the week leading up to it, tech week, and then the first half of production week, it's like, oh no, we're not funny. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. And then we get to opening night, and it's like, Ooh, we'll see, we'll see. I mean, it sounds like a cliche, but it is like you know that is like the tightrope without a net. You know, yeah. when you don't know yeah. until the actual day of whether or not you're going to make it. So yeah, that's definitely there. Uh, what have been some of your favorite performances, and, and again, the ones that you just felt um, that you really stand behind and so proud about? Some of my favorite experiences are um, in ensemble roles, especially in musicals, because they're, they're so much less stressful, mm -hmm. um, but you still get the same great experiences. And ensembles, they are everywhere. They do everything. Um, but... Some of my favorite roles that I've done are within the uh, contest plays, the group interpretation, and the um, the drama play. Let's see. Uh, my freshman year, we did uh, Pager on Me, which was oh, uh, yeah. MTV, uh, true, true story about this guy who uh, gets diagnosed with cancer, and it's just his kind of life story and the legacy that mm -hmm. he leaves behind. Um, a really, really touching story. And then it, the drama that year was Frankenstein. So it's kind of... I can't believe that was your freshman year. That just seems yeah, like yesterday. Yeah, oh, my goodness. Wow. Um, that was a fun experience. I, uh, I was in an ensemble role, but, you know, seeing some of the seniors that were in the program at that time, um, Manny Munoz, he was the creature, and just seeing them work on stage, that's how I kind of developed the sense of, okay, 
we'll take like notes from outside and then like put them in the performance and see what works, see what doesn't work, and just have a chance to play on stage. Um, it's really, really awesome. So you really got to see like the, the habits of, of good performance through Manny and, again, that level of reflection that goes into what it means to be an actor. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it's always just a cycle. Like, I came into the program not really, not like having any experience with theater in community or um, in the middle school before, so it was just... It's always a cycle in the program because you'll come in not knowing what to do and then you'll look up to whoever is the senior the seniority and um, you just get that experience through them. And then you're finally at the top and it's like, oh, how did I get here? <laughs> Who trusted me with this? But <laughs> you'll get there and then you'll want to pass on those things um, to keep the program going. Well, speaking of passing things on, like, what would you say is... As an actor, like, what is it that you find to be the most challenging, or what would you, what's your, what would be your advice as an actor? Like, how are you able to really access a person who you are not? I mean, that's the part that we as an audience are so mystified by is how you were able to channel this entirely different person who's not you. How do you do that? And walk us through the, the process of finding that voice or that interior life that isn't you, but you're able to claim. What's that like? Um, it's, it's a lot of book work. It's a lot of sitting down, looking at what the lines actually mean. Um, I like to think of uh, Kevin Spacey, and he had this line, or he has this like idea, uh, like ideology about um, the less you know of me, like off stage, and the less like open I am about like personal life or any of that stuff, then the more you're going to believe that I'm that character on stage, and you're going to say, "Oh, he's that character," and it's it's mm. so much more believable, and I. I like to think about that because I I am kind of secretive with my personal life, but um, yeah, it's it's a lot of looking at what the motives are, um, and a lot of a lot of like my characterization and what I find in my characters comes from other characters in the play mm. because you you learn about you learn a lot about a person by what other people say about them. And a lot of the work that we do, the writing is, is so brilliant that you can, you can make a character from the lines of another character, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that totally does. Yeah. I, I'm curious, like, how... I would imagine that's got to be a struggle, which is this is what the playwright has written. How much leniency or flexibility do I have to adapt it to what I think it should be? Is that something that you can maneuver as an actor, or is that something that's negotiated with the director? I mean, obviously it has to be, but like, what would that process be like? Early on, it's I try not to like cement one way that I'm going to say a line because it's it's always uh, changing it up and then finding something new to keep it fresh. So early on, it'll just kind of be like, okay, I'm going to say it like this way today. Maybe tomorrow I'll try this way. We'll see what works um, and we'll see what Begovich maybe says uh, or whoever I'm working with. Um, but it's always just, it's trying to 
find what's going to click mm -hmm. working with characters in the scene and just going back and forth. So um, there's a lot of um, throwing lines back and forth between between actors on stage at certain times to try and see what will what will click and what feels right. Because there's always just there's always a moment where you're like, oh. I said that, and that feels that feels right. That mm -hmm. feels like what it should be, and it's it's hard to explain um, because there's there's always a certain amount of time beforehand where you're like, no, this isn't working, this isn't working, but you never know yeah. how to do it and how to really work in it. It's it's always hard to try and explain. when it, when it comes to performance or really any type of art, the metaphor that always sticks in my mind is um, working marble. You know, and you yeah. have to keep on working at something until finally you're able to get that shape. And to me, that's it sounds like what you were saying right there, which is it's not the first cut. It's mm -hmm. the it's the over and over again of making sure that you find the right nuance or the shape of that. So I think that's that's really interesting yeah. uh, to hear that. And trying to find the statue within the block of marble without knowing what's in there. Nice, well said. That's exactly it. That's exactly yeah. it. Wow. Great. So no doubt that you have had such a, an amazing experience in this program at uh, West Chicago and the drama program. Why do you think others should get involved uh, from your most introverted to the extroverted and everyone in between? Um, why is this such a, a, a wonderful program? It's, it's amazing because uh, it's not only a place to go after school, it's a place where you can feel accepted for whoever you are, whatever weird things you, are, you enjoy or whatever weird things you do. Uh, it's, just, it's a place where you can kind of unwind. It's an outlet. It, um, it can be a place to get away from something happening in your own life. Um, because the beauty of playing a character on stage is it's not you and you kind of like step out of your shoes for a second yeah. and just to have that experience on stage. Um, I think being involved in it, we all, we all share really weird, quirky things. You know, we all, we all love food, <laughs> like <laughs> bad food. <laughs> Like craft Teenagers, bad food, yeah. I don't understand. <laughs> Instant ramen, and it, it's, it's kind of bad, but um, bad food, you know, uh, bad memes and vines, and, you know, we all love our things, and we all have our own personalities, our, our own voices, um, and it's really, it's so supportive um, being in this school that, a lot of aspects are kind of dark and not as inviting mm -hmm. about the school. But this is one area where you can just be open and will be accepting and um, supportive. You know, it's, it's great to support someone in the dark times to see them fly in the good times. RJ, t thank you so much for uh, this interview today. Can you tell us again where and when we can enjoy this sh uh, performance this weekend? Yeah, you can. Uh, 7 o'clock at Thursday, Saturday, or Thursday, Friday, Saturday um, this week. Come check it out. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Tickets are $5 for students. So check it out. Awesome. Thank you, RJ. Thank you.
this song makes you really happy or it's going to make you wince. Probably, if you're a Sox fan, you're wincing right now. Either way, we're going to hear some really astute analysis from freshman Bobby Bartlett about this incredibly quick start of the Chicago Cubs. We're here with Bobby Bartlett, class of 2019, and he is on the freshman baseball team. He's a pitcher and first base, and he is a one of our many Cub fans here at the school. And I'm going to start off with the first question is, uh, Bobby, how did you become a Cub fan? Well, my dad and my mom were really big Cubs fans, so like they kind of, I grew up a Cubs fan, but what really got me interested more into like kind of going into baseball and looking at the Cubs as not just a team, but like a team to like look at and like study um, was Ted Lilly because he was a left-handed pitcher and I'm left-handed. So he really interested me into the game more and I kind of want, wanted my game to be like his. So that's why I Oh, oh, cool. That's interesting that that's your tie-in and connection with that. All right, so we're bringing you on here because you are a Cubs expert. Uh, we've identified, as there are many, uh, but I want to hear from you. Why do you think the Cubs are off to such a solid start? Well, they have a really good hitting lineup um, with Fowler leading off, and even on their bench, they had Tommy Lastella leading off the other game, who started off the game with a double and then hit a home run towards the end of the game, but Fowler, he's been hitting the ball really well. Then Jason Hayward, a new pickup, he's been starting to get hot. Anthony Rizzo had a slow start, and he's starting to get hot too, with two home runs the other day versus the Reds. And then we have all the young guys like Bryant, Soler, and Schorber who got hurt, but he would have been great. So if I were to maybe uh, jump up a, a question right here, are you saying that the contributions of those other players are essentially masking the the absence of Schwarber? And yeah. is that what's going on here? Yeah, Schwarber. I mean, he could have been a really big help to this lineup, but he wasn't. There, we couldn't put him anywhere. He he has to work on his catching a little ability because with Ross retiring next year, and we don't know where Montero will go. We need him. We need some of the young guys to catch, like Schorber. So, great. Now, what is, what has surprised you so far this year? I mean, obviously they're they're uh, starting out pretty well, but where where has these uh, where has the success surprised you? Um, the pitching staff, like Jake Arrieta, already pitching a no hitter, and then John Lackey coming in and starting off is five games, I think, three and one, hmm. and Hamill stepping up big time last year he didn't have a great year and this year he's trusting his stuff more and he's able to hit his corners and he's doing really good so he's Hamill's the guy I'm kind of surprised about now everyone's pretty confident right now I mean obviously there's a buzz in the city about how well the Cubs and the Sox are playing but uh are there any weaknesses that we should be concerned about I mean they look pretty good right now but is there have there been any fraying on the edges of of this team so far that might uh that they need to tighten up as the season moves on um I think they're really a really relaxed team and that's what makes them so good but sometimes Hopefully they don't get too relaxed because maybe if they make like when they make the playoffs or if they make the playoffs, 
we don't want them to be too relaxed where they start to lay off and then teams will surprise them. So who do you predict to be a, an all-star coming up in July? I think it's going to, the Royals last year, they had, in the beginning of the all-star votes, everybody on the Royals was going to make the team in. Right now, I'm looking at the Cubs, we got Rizzo, Bryant, Arietta, Hamill the way he's pitching, Lackey the way he's pitching, Fowler the way he's hitting. Those seven guys right there that are like shoo-ins if they keep doing what they're doing. And then Addison Russell, who's stepping up a bit. Those guys, are they're just phenomenal players. So we have a lot of guys that have a possibility of starting in the All-Star game. What amazing turn of event. Was it like a few years ago that like just barely one Cub made the the uh, All-Star game? Yeah. It was pretty embarrassing now. I mean, just you're listing all of these various different players. Uh, what a turnaround. Now, of course, as a Cub fan, we sometimes define our misery of what unites us, but part of what also unites us is a common dread of the St. Louis Cardinals. Is there a special sweetness because they're starting off pretty slow this year as we are so dominant? Can you, uh, can you uh, comment on that? Yeah, I mean, it's... It's early I, yet. It's, it's early, but yeah. I the Cardinals have always started off the year grain beating up on the Cubs, and I remember last year the Cubs started taking series from them, and especially in the NLDS taking that series. I mean, it's our time to start beating them, and we being the team to beat, not them. So I think especially getting Hayward and Lackey from them, that was That was quite a coup. They were able to to pull that off. Describe the success. Like, who do we put this most on? Is this the architecture of Theo, or or is it the uh, the management of Madden, or is it really just this brilliant chemistry of all these parts snapping in together? Maybe I mixed my metaphors there. So, I think it is both because Theo is the one who kind of had the Cubs for a longer time, and they've he he's had the. Guys, the younger guys who are down in AAA, AA, and single A, he's been kind of building them up so they're ready for the for the majors when they get up there. And then Madden just knows how to control everybody. He he's a really great coach, and everybody loves him. And I think that's why everybody is doing so good because they want to win for him. Um, do you think this is the year? Is it too early to call it? But I mean, what's what is your your gut telling you? It's I think it's too early, but they. I think they'll go really far. I think they have a really good chance of winning it this year. Great. As a member of uh, the freshman baseball team, can you uh, tell us where you guys are going to be playing in the next couple of weeks? Yeah, we have a game tomorrow at East Aurora, and then that's our uh, second series in conference. This Tuesday you have a, a game, and then yeah. what's your next game after that? Um, Wednesday and then Thursday, and Wednesday we are home against East Aurora. And then this upcoming Saturday, we will be playing St. Charles North at home, too. At home. Great. Bobby Bartlett, thank you for your expertise. Hopefully we'll be coming back together in the fall, and we'll be talking about the Cubs' success then when you are a sophomore. Thanks for giving us all your input today. Thank you. Okay, Sox fans, time to hear from you as well. And anyone else who's got an idea to get their voices out there for We Go Vox. You know where to find us, at podcast at d94.org. See you next time.